0: Hello, chefs, and welcome to another episode of Bake Like a Chef. Today we'll be talking about autolysis in the bread baking process. Hey, chefs, this is Chef Matt. You can call me Chef. You can call me Matt. You can call me Chef Matt. I will respond to each of those proudly. And today we're going to talk about autolysis um, and how you are already using it in your bread baking process, uh, but I wanted to go through the details of it because if, if you better understand how this is happening, you can leverage it to your advantage as you construct better formulas or diagnose challenges that you're seeing in your bread, whether it's uh, crumb flavor um, or color, this will be another tool you'll have in your tool set to support you. So what we will go over is, uh, you know, what is autolysis? Um, We'll talk a little bit about uh, gluten development, what yeast do in the process, uh, go over a basic baking process for bread or a mixing process for bread. And then we'll tie it all together, and then I'll have a few extra things for you at the end. But first, you know, when I started to bake bread, and this is when I was fairly young, I, you know, you get out the the cookbook that you find in the, the pantry or the closet or the kitchen, and you start following these steps uh, line by line, and it's the standard formula. It's, you know, you take your yeast, you put it in 110, 115 degree water. You wait for it to bubble. Maybe you put some sugar in there ahead of time so they have something to eat. You mix it with your flour. You knead it until all of the gluten is developed. Then you let it rise in a bowl for some period of time in a warm place. Then you pull it out, you form it into its final form, and then you bake it. And a lot of my experience in that process was that I ended up with this very dense loaf of bread that didn't have an ice crumb, that didn't produce all those characteristics that you would see in a a grocery store loaf of bread, let alone uh, an artisanal loaf of bread. And that's a little disheartening. That's challenging when you want... When you think to yourself, I made this homemade thing, I made this this thing myself, shouldn't it be better? Uh, But it turns out that bread baking requires a certain level of knowledge and a certain level of finesse and observation to get things where they need to go. So, you know, as as a kid, I was a little challenged, but you know, when I became a professional, I was introduced to a number of techniques and one of which we're going to focus on today, autolysis, um, really helped support my ability to make a really nice loaf of bread, regardless of what formulas put in front of me. So today we're going to speak, um, in very two specific constraints or or limitations to how we bake bread. We're going to talk about a basic mixing method where you're simply using active dry yeast or cake yeast. So you're using clear flour, that is white wheat flour, and maybe some whole wheat flour. And you're baking a, a basic country loaf. So we're not going to get into sourdoughs or any of that. We're simply going to talk about the basic uh, bread baking process. Okay, so what is autolysis? From a biological standpoint, autolysis is when a cell begins to break itself down. And oftentimes that is simply um, enzymes within the cell start to break the cell itself down. Um, From the perspective of bread baking, this happens when the enzymes in wheat are exposed to the starches in wheat and it starts to break them down into sugars. And this happens when you add water to them. Oftentimes you'll see autolysis used directly as a very focused tool at the very beginning of bread baking. You'll stick a portion of flour, oftentimes it's going to be your whole wheat flour, your whole grain flour, in 100% of the water and you let it sit for a period of time. And this hydrates the starches, it, it exposes the starches to the enzymes and the enzymes start to break them down into sugars. This is also good as a side note because it hydrates your whole grains and your whole grain flours, meaning when you are finished mixing your dough and you're evaluating the hydration of it, did you get it right? Uh, there won't be a further drying process as the whole grain flours absorb more water. You're doing that ahead of time, which is always handy. But back to it. That's the gist of autolysis. It is just simply the enzymes breaking the starches down into sugars. So that moves us into... Uh, the another active character here, and that is the yeast. So the yeast are little organisms, and what they're doing the entire time during the mixing and proofing process is eating that sugar and diverting that sugar to carbon dioxide and acid and alcohol. And that's what provides uh, some of the unique flavors in bread. It also forms air pockets, and the bread expands those air pockets and allows for the bread to do its proofing and final spring in the oven. And then lastly, you have uh, the other actor here, and that is gluten. And, And that's where all of the kneading comes in. You are required to knead bread dough in order to stretch out these proteins. So what happens is these proteins, when they are hydrated, when you add water to them, Uh, and you mechanically work them, you take proteins, which are like bundled up strings. I oftentimes think of them as holiday lights, where you have to untangle them at the beginning of the season. Um, But you can think of it as a tangled rope. And what you're trying to do is untangle that rope, stretch it out into its primary form. And that primary form is a series of amino acids strung together. And by doing that, you you take all of the, uh, the series of points on that string and you expose the magnetism of them. And then all of those strings with little magnetic points on them attract to each other. And they form a web that ends up being the structure that you see in the crumb. And when you see a really aerated loaf, a very, uh, a loaf, a lot of big bubbles in it, like a ciabatta. And you see that transparency, that is the membrane that's created by gluten being stretched out into this this matrix, this this web. So there are a number of things that support proteins being denatured and stretched out like that. So the one that we're familiar with being in the bread baking process is kneading. It's just the mechanical kneading of of the dough will stretch the proteins out. But other things that will help denature these proteins are alcohol, acid, salt, thyme, heat, and, and those will all come into play as we combine these three elements together. So we have three things happening here. We have enzymes making sugar, we have yeast eating that sugar, and we have gluten forming a web around that whole process. So this is where the magic happens. You have this web that is wrapped around these yeast with a food supply and they're creating carbon dioxide and these proteins are working to be stretched out by some of the products the yeast are creating but most importantly they're connecting to each other and this carbon dioxide is inflating them almost like if you tied a bunch of rubber bands around an empty balloon and then started to inflate that balloon those rubber bands would stretch out. And so it is helping to stretch out and in, in lengthen and extend those proteins for you simply by creating carbon dioxide and inflating those spaces. And all of this is happening during uh, the, the entire process, but you can use it to your advantage in the early stages. So you can use it to your advantage in the, the early phases to eliminate a lot of need for Mechanical kneading. And you'll do this in many ways by not working the dough too much. So let's go through a basic bread process. You hydrate your yeast, you add it to your flour, you mix it in your mixer or by hand until it forms a cohesive mass in the bowl. Uh, And in the industry, that's called take up. And then you add your salt and you mix that until it removes everything from the sides of the bowl. And that's typically called cleanup. And at this point, you may need it more or less. You can need it on a bench, you can need it in the mixer, but you can do it a little bit. But you pull it out, you'll form it into a loose form. You'll stick it in a container for a bulk rise. And these bulk rises can be an hour or two in a warm location. And that's the time when the yeast is really starting to stretch out the protein for you by creating that carbon dioxide. And you can support it by not working the dough too much in this this space but what will happen is you'll typically let it work for about half the time and then you'll go and you'll degas it so in some cases you'll press it down with your fingers sometimes if it's enough you'll punch it down with your hands you may flip it over you may stretch and fold it in half and stick it back in the container but it's all simply to just gently help stretch out those proteins you'll let it go through the second portion of its bulk rise you'll pull it out and then you'll portion it into the right weight, and then you'll form it into its final form, proof it, and then bake it. And that whole time from the moment that you mix water into the flour, it's providing sugar for the yeast. Through the entire process of bulk rise, through the entire proof, the enzymes are still there breaking down sugar for the yeast. The yeast is still eating it. It's creating carbon dioxide. That's why the bulk rise works and help stretch out the proteins. It's why the bulk rise inflates the dough quite a bit, and you have to punch it down. That's why when you punch it down, um, you can smell the carbon dioxide, you can smell the acids, you can smell the alcohol. And it's why your your final proofed loaf will inflate and create those bubbles that when you put it in the oven, it benefits from that oven spring where it dramatically inflates again. And it's what produces that nice crumb that you're looking for when you're done. So that, in a nutshell, is how autolysis supports your bread baking process and how it's happening the entire time. And hopefully this will help you look at how you make bread a little differently. And my hope is that you will go and try to lean a little more heavily on autolysis the next time you make a loaf of bread and lean a little less heavily on kneading your dough exhaustively. So what do we go over today? We talked about autolysis and what it is, and that is simply a cell kind of breaking itself down in bread baking. It's the enzymes breaking the starches into sugar. We talked about gluten development, how it happens and why it happens. We talked about... Uh, basic bread baking process. We talked about what yeasts do in, in this process of making bread. And we talked about how all of those tie together to create those, you know, thousands and thousands and millions of balloons that inflate to create the crumb of your bread and how autolysis kind of helps magically make all that happen for you. And then we talked about, uh, you getting out and making a loaf of bread and, and really focusing on autolysis and how it supports that. And if you do go out and bake that loaf of bread, make sure to reach out to us on Facebook, on the website, or on Instagram. and you can post on Facebook at We bake like Chefs. We are on Instagram at Bake like a Chef. Tag us in your post, show off your work, use the hashtag baking bread use the hashtag autolysis and just tag us in there so we can see the great work you're doing if you run the challenges you can also post that as well and we will do our best to look at what you've posted and look at what you said about your process and help pinpoint areas that may help you improve um, the beauty of this is that flour yeast water salt are relatively inexpensive and you can just get out there and make a loaf of bread To help get you started, we're going to post a formula on the website at www.bakelikeachef.com bakingbread. That will take you to the autolysis page on Bake Like a Chef. We'll have any show notes there, including this formula and any additional material. As a bonus, if you sign up for our newsletter, we will provide an additional formula for a kind of a rustic country loaf that includes some wheat flour and the step-by-step to show you how to incorporate autolysis into the process. And so if you are enjoying this content, if it is helping you, if you want to learn more as we produce content to support you in growing your skills as you grow as a professional pastry chef, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Uh, We should be everywhere and we will catch you later. Thank you very much.